0: Welcome to the You Menstrual Podcast, where we dive deep into all things women's health to support you on your healing journey. I'm Amanda Montalvo, functional and integrative dietitian, also known as the Hormone Healing RD. If you enjoy this podcast and you want to keep learning, check out the podcast Patreon, where I share a bonus episode with additional downloadable resources each week. You can go to patreon.com forward slash RD, or check out the link in the show notes. All right, we have a really good episode today. I'm doing another interview. I'm interviewing Irene Lyon. I feel like a lot of people will know who she is, um, but if you don't, she's a nervous system expert and she teaches people around the world everywhere. She's got great online programs how to work with the nervous system and transform their trauma, heal their body and their mind, and live full creative lives. You're going to hear her talk. Like, one important thing that we get into is. How the nervous system has become very trendy, and what I really like about Irene's work, and I just want to state this right off the bat, so you kind of know what to expect, because I think there's there's so many nervous system experts now, right? Um, A lot of people sharing tools, and I don't necessarily think the tools are bad, but I think like a lot of what's online being shared about the nervous system is very simplified, and. People aren't getting like the full education of like what our nervous system is, how it works, and what can impact it, and how it can impact our day to day. And I think that that is a huge disservice, and it makes it hard to heal your nervous system long term. So something that we're going to talk about is how you know a lot of people are using tools, and not that tools are bad, um, but if you're constantly having to calm yourself all day, and say you're working on your nervous system, that means that your nervous system is dysregulated. Um, And, you know, there's going to be seasons of that, especially in the beginning. And we want to use those tools. But the thing that I love about Irene's work is that she really teaches you how to learn your body understand the signs your body's giving you to understand what's going on with your nervous system. And then, okay, what can we adjust and do to support it? Um, So it's not just another random nervous system expert. Irene is truly amazing. She has a master's degree in biomedical and health science, and she also has a knack for making really complex information easy for people to understand and apply. And I think that's the important part. You're going to get that a lot throughout the episode. She's also extensively studied and practiced with Dr. Feldenkrais, Peter Levine, who's somatic, he's the founder of Somatic Experiencing, um, and Kathy Kane, who's the founder of Somatic Practice. You may not know what those are. She's going to get into it in the episode, um, but she just has a very cool, extensive background and journey. She's been doing this for a really long time and just kind of seeing how her practice has evolved. Um, I just think it's really come full circle with focusing on the nervous system. Uh, So I can't wait for you guys to listen. And yeah, this is a good one. I hope you enjoy it. I got a lot out of it. I I mentioned a few typical kind of clients. So I'm hoping that you'll get a lot out of it too. But that's it. So I hope you enjoy Irene Lyon. Thank you for being with me, Irene. I can't, I'm like going to try not to fangirl because I've (sighs) known about you for a long time, even hearing your voice while we're talking before we started. I'm like, this is so weird because I've just like, listened. I've done like the 21 day nervous system tune up and stuff. So like, it just cracks me up. Um, But I'm excited to have you here. I think that the nervous system is getting so popular now. It's something everyone's talking about, which in so many ways is good, right? And important. (laughs) And I, I think creating awareness around it is, really crucial for people but i think the way it's being done is probably not the best in most situations and a lot of like the content that i see and that's why i'm so grateful that you could come on so that you know you're someone i really trust and i just like your approach and how you teach you're a great educator so i'm excited to bring you on Um,
1: let's
0: talk about it all let's like why don't we tell people your background i feel like you have a pretty unique background like how did you get into nervous system stuff what brought you here
1: Well, um, generally speaking, it was a lack or an inadequacy in other methodologies that I was using either for myself or my clients. So my background is exercise science, um, sport, athletics, and a few injuries, more than a few, but a few (laughs) to my body through um, sport put me into a situation where I was doing rehab, so physical rehab and uh, PT, stretching, strength, all the classic things that still are good for certain things weren't working for me. And that led me to what you would have heard about this because you've done one of my courses, the Feldenkrais Method. And the Feldenkrais Method just was like this awakening for me when I was in my mid-20s. It was back in 2004. And it kind of was like a slap, Amanda, like you think you know a lot, but you actually don't know very much. And so to avoid being hypocritical, because I was trained to work with people, um, I'm like, I gotta study this stuff. So I studied the Feldenkrais Method for about four years and became a practitioner, loved it, teaching groups, classes, workshops, people were getting a lot of good um, improvement the way I had um, with my physical injuries but there was like a subset of people that weren't getting better. And it was like, okay, what am I missing? So rather than pretend that you know the problem was them, not me, I started asking questions, talking to my more senior colleagues, and one thing led to another. One of my Feldenkrais um, colleagues was actually trained in somatic experiencing um, which is the work of Peter Levine. And, and she's like, you might want to check out this book, Waking the Tiger. You might want to check out SE. I'm like, okay, so I did. And this would have been in 2008. And I was like, this is it. This is the thing. This is what I need to do. So study have studied that. Uh, again, that is something that was ongoing from '08 to really 2015-ish with classes courses um one of the things you had asked me amanda in our pre questions was what is somatic therapy so i'll just say it right now there's really no definition because right now um these methodologies are so new right we don't realize how long medicine has been around right like more than the 1900s like before that and so we're trying to define somatic therapy, but I don't think it really has a true definition yet because it hasn't become an institution where you go to school to become whatever it might be called. And that's okay. But right now we've got somatic experiencing, which is what I studied. I also studied something called somatic practice, which is working more um, oddly with the body and um, with early and developmental trauma. And in utero trauma. So I've got that. And then we have, um, you know, other forms of therapies that would be maybe classified as somatic, like breath work and EMDR, um, various shaking techniques, and all these things. And those are lumped in as somatic practice. But it depends on really who the person is that needs the help, where they're at in their journey, where they're at in the regulations. So to go back to sort of my evolution it evolved as i said because i needed another thing and another thing and another thing and so now i've got really a trifecta of of um methodologies namely feldenkrais somatic experiencing something called somatic practice as well as my history in exercise science biomedical science fitness nutrition and so i put them all sort of together and then you know i'm not devoid of soul and spirit so there's also that you know there's the eastern traditions that i fully embrace and practice myself i don't teach them explicitly but energy connecting to you know the field being empathetic with another person that's energy that's stuff that we can't see with our eyes it's very quantum that sort of quantum physics world so that's another part that i'm becoming more interested in as i age, quote unquote. So that's what I do. I, it's that's, like, where I came that's where I yeah. where I came from, I should say, and what I what I'm technically trained as.
0: Yeah. And then it all kind like a lot of in a lot of what you talk about is the nervous system. That's like what a lot yes. of your educating is around.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, the nervous system is interesting because it I mean <clears throat> obviously without a brain we would die. Without a heart we would die. Um and without a nervous system we wouldn't be able to function and we would be around. So it is important and it is the driver of all the other systems in the body. So do you want like a quick science lesson with that? Yeah. Would that help your audience? So, Absolutely. Yeah. So we throw out the word nervous system and there's many nervous systems in the body. So we have our central nervous system, which is our brain and our spinal cord. And then we have our peripheral nervous system which is everything that comes out of the brain and spinal cord and it's easy to find a picture like that on the internet you see you know the brain spinal cord central then everything else that snakes out literally like tentacles or roots is the peripheral the autonomic nervous system is part of the peripheral and that's often I think what people talk about when they say I'm working with the nervous system yeah does that make sense yeah Yeah. So to go one step further, like I've got some tea here, right? And if I pick this up or if I was to say, Hey, Amanda, do you have something that you could pick up and lift? Right. That is your peripheral nervous system and your central nervous system working together to, to like put the command, initiate the muscles. It's hot, right? So my sensory perception, that's the peripheral nervous system. Um, as you know, I'm on the tail end of a bit of a cold cough. I can feel that I'm a little more activated today because my breathing isn't as good. Mm -hmm. So that's my autonomic nervous system that I'm feeling. There's a little more fight flight. I'm not scared, but there's a little more edge. And I'm also warm because it's, I think, 32 degrees Celsius outside and we haven't turned the AC on. (laughs) So, I'm also feeling my temperature regulation. Like I'm sweating. I had to put my hair up. Um, so that is part of the peripheral part of the autonomics saying it's a little hot, um, produce sweat, um, heart rates up a little bit cause I'm warmer. I'm not thinking that, but it's happening spontaneously. Just like if it was freezing cold, what do we do? We shiver, we shake. Right? Our hairs stand up to trap heat. So the peripheral nervous system that governs the, auto, or is part of, or the autonomic nervous system, which is part of the peripheral, it is these automatic processes that our body needs to regulate inside. I can also see you nodding, mm-hmm. you're blinking, you now smile a little bit, That's social engagement, that's also part of our autonomic nervous system. So I know you've got little ones, right? You need to see them. They need to see you to know if everything's okay. You know, you smile, they smile. If you smile and they don't smile, you know something's not right, right? They, so I'm going to, I'm going to pull this together in a second. When you have a newborn baby, there are parts of them that have regulation. They're dead. Well, granted they're full term, right? And they're healthy their digestion works, they poop and pee, they're hungry, they temperature regulate, right? And we have to help them with clothing, right? If they're too hot, we need to cool them. If they're cold, we put blankets on them, those sorts of things. But that engagement with the baby helps them learn about themselves. So if they're upset and mama comes in, it's okay, it's okay, and they're just maybe a little scared or a little unsettled or they have gas. they go, oh, someone's here, they're engaging with me. That directly goes to the internal parts of our autonomic nervous system, and it helps them what we call regulate. So people talk about, they'll throw out the term co-regulation, self-regulation. So when a baby is born, they can't self-regulate, right? This is why we don't want to leave a baby to cry themselves to sleep. We need to hold them. We need to pick them up. We need to teach them how to self-soothe through our um, co-regulation. So that's a long way of saying our nervous system governs not just our digestion, our heat and temperature regulation. Um, It governs our immune system. It governs our hormones. It governs our ability to socially engage and have social skills, but also um, no danger. Or no friend, you know, friend or foe, um, urine production, all of it, like even how we think, how we learn. So, our nervous system is this entire um, web of nerves, essentially coming out of our brain and spinal cord. Our peripheral autonomic nervous system, it governs all of our things inside. The other thing that I haven't mentioned, which is important, it governs our survival responses so fight flight and freeze if i get scared like literally scared if i hear a loud bang i'm gonna maybe jump and orient to it you know maybe there's a heaven forbid a car accident outside my like oh shoot that's not good or a ball's coming at me and i flinch to cover my head that is our autonomic system also working fight flight but let's say um I can't fight. I can't flee. And a lot of people know this from traumas and circumstance where they're literally in a bind and they cannot attack back, or they can't get out of a terrible situation, Um, or they can't speak up. So they'll shut down. They'll go into the freeze response. And we need that, right? Just like um, it's going to sound gruesome, but in the wild, animal is being hunted, gets caught by a predator goes into a freeze response. so They don't feel the pain, right? The kill. So humans, we have that too. The trouble with humans, the trouble quote unquote is we can override a lot of our survival responses. So we might feel the desire to fight or flee and we will be like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I want to scream, right? I want to set a boundary. I want to say, no, that's okay but I don't want to destroy the peace. So I'm going to just not do that. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I just think of a lot of, I have a lot of clients that are like people pleasers and they really struggle with it.
1: Yes. And that people pleasing starts really young. Right. Um, actually I'll tie that to, um, cause you probably have lots of moms who listen mm-hmm. to you. Um, baby's crying if baby isn't attended to, they start to realize no one's there. So there's no point in crying anymore. There's no point in asking for help. There's no point in saying, I have needs that need to be met. So the child will actually start shifting their physiology to not put the parent out. Now, it's not conscious, it's unconscious. And this is where you'll hear people say, um, you heard this more with the boomer babies, like, such a good baby never cried once that's not good (laughs) like that shows that that little person has stopped connecting to their somatic body this is where the somatic word comes in because baby's feeling gas baby feels hungry baby feels um hot cold when they whimper in a certain cry and if they're not attended to they start to actually disconnect and dissociate from that somatic system this is how we slowly put ourselves into what we would call functional freeze, which you've, I know probably heard about through my Mm -hmm. work and that functional freeze, oddly, we keep going, but we're like at half mass, right? We're we're like kind of there, but we're not there. So um, to wrap this back to what is the nervous system, it's a huge conglomeration of not just nerves, but how those nerves connect to our organs, our systems, how we engage, how we perceive the environment, how we perceive others, threat, danger, safety, um, and also how we think and how we create and how we learn. How
0: and I, I think do. people
1: tend to focus on, <laughs> so good. Well, cause I think okay. people tend
0: to focus on like fight or flight or like being in the relaxed state. And like, that's it. Yeah. Like there's, which of course those things are important to understand, but yeah. it's it affects every aspect of who you are and how you experience the world. So
1: one analogy I often give Amanda, I just was on a plane and I had a sinus cold. So that was not fun. And I knew even though I was blowing my nose and clearing my nose, it was going to be painful. And if you've ever been on a plane you have a water bottle and you watch that bottle get press like sucked and sucked and sucked. And I'm watching this bottle going, Oh boy, when we descend, I was preparing myself the whole flight for the descent by trying to keep open, keep my fascia open. But even though I still was aware and breathing and doing all the things I know how to do, it was still agonizing when we descended into Vancouver because of that pressure. You cannot um, avoid that in a plane. So when you have a threat, a stress to you as a human, it isn't just going to affect maybe the elbow that you bumped, right? Your whole body is going to go into reaction. And then if we multiply that with a lot of us who grew up in environments that were not the best, um, where we were, and it doesn't have to be like hardcore abuse. It can be, you just weren't listened to. You weren't allowed to be who you truly were. You were someone who wanted to do this and that, nope, family does this. So this is what you have to do that also stifles our ability to express and it puts the system into this mild freeze response i think
0: people don't fully understand that either like if they it's like if i haven't had like a big huge traumatic experience then it's like oh like this wouldn't necessarily affect me and be for me and i feel like that is like the the perfect segue to go into like okay, so we have this nervous system. Hopefully people have a better understanding of how it works and affects all the functions in our body and how we interact with people, learn all those things. What can it look like if that is out of balance? Like what are some common signs that you tend to see?
1: Great question. And that leads me to what I forgot to mention in a perfect way. So if you think about that analogy of the water bottle that's just squeezed, right? So if you have a human system that is in fight flight freeze and i haven't met anyone Amanda that doesn't have some version of that in the western world some people are maybe more on the fight flight some people are more on the freeze i was like like gold olympic medal freezer like that was my thing my husband who i talk about a lot and we're colleagues he was he didn't have a lot of freeze he was more activated his whole childhood But what happens is when we have this pressure on the system, remember how I said the autonomic nervous system also governs the digestion, the temperature regulation. I forgot to also mention the cardiovascular system, respiration, urinary, reproductive, all these things. When the body is co-opted to fight, flight, freeze, it kind of forgets to take care of the other systems and it doesn't forget like i guess you could say it has a consciousness but it's like we are more worried about putting out the fire it's like if you have a house that's on fire you're probably not going to dust yeah right you're not going to do <laughs> you're not going to do the upkeep of dusting doing the laundry picking up clothes making sure the refrigerator has fresh food in it you're not going to worry about the crumbs under the counter you're going to worry about the fire that's on and so if the system has even an ounce of survival stress that's always there running the show the digestion's going to be mm, we're not going to work so much at keeping it nice and regulated because we got this fire over here or mm, hormones not so important because we're like our system thinks that we're dying you know or fires on survival there's no way you can learn today or concentrate on reading a book, or get your tasks done, or be interested in finding a mate, or interested in reaching out to your best friend who you know needs to talk to you because you're in so much survival. So the ripple effect of what we would call dysregulation, so stored survival stress at the autonomic nervous system level, is a whole plethora of things in the body. It could be digestion is one of the key ones because it is such a huge system um and it really is our first brain like babies they they know danger via their gut thyroid
0: health is essential for healthy hormones, digestion, energy, and more. Our thyroid is so important because it sets the metabolic pace of our body, which controls how every single system functions. Whether you think you may have some thyroid dysfunction going on based on symptoms you may have or have a confirmed diagnosis, chances are you haven't been given the best tools to address your thyroid health. I've been there. Thyroid is a big part of my health journey and something I've been optimizing for the last decade. I'm very passionate about this topic, which is why I created a free thyroid training that walks you through how to assess thyroid health all the labs I do cover blood work and what the optimal ranges are. I just want to say that I think we have to look beyond blood work when it comes to assessing our thyroid health. That's why I also cover hair mineral testing, urine testing, and then basal body temperature, which is a measurement you can do at home to assess your thyroid health. I've had so many people reach out and say they can't believe that this training is free. I promise you won't be disappointed. I also cover nutrition tips for optimizing thyroid health. You can head to the link in the show notes or to my website, hormonehealingrd.com to watch the training. There's just so much lacking when it comes to helpful info on thyroid health. So I'm really hoping that this training helps you and fills that
1: gap. A five-year-old doesn't say to you, mama, I'm, I don't like that man, or I don't like that woman, or I don't like school. They say, I have a tummy ache. Yep. I don't feel well. Right, they know. They know exactly what's going on through their gut. It's their sick. It's our sixth sense. We still have it as adults. We've just kind of. Most people have numbed it out. So the digestion is huge, but also reproduction, um, menstrual cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, I've found that some folks, when they get regulation on board, their hormones, their cycle completely shifts towards better. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people. Um, i was someone where that actually wasn't so much the case i needed to worry and work more on actual hormone stuff even though yeah. i was regular so everyone's different sometimes it's food chemicals that kind of thing the other thing would be insomnia trouble sleeping i see
0: so many sleep issues like especially you know we do hair testing and like focus a lot on minerals with our clients and your nervous system has such a big impact on your mineral status yeah. and vice versa, of course. And mm-hmm. a lot of the times when people are very depleted, because you know, they're more in that, like they've been stressed for a super long time, yeah. probably in the freeze more yeah. type of state, depending on the person, they're terrible sleepers.
1: Awful, yeah. So many issues. Yeah. And what's interesting, I have two thoughts there. The mineral thing is interesting. I'm not an expert on minerals, but what I know is when you're under stress, you're using them more. Mm-hmm. someone who doesn't think that they're stressed because they're more living in freeze, they don't realize how much energy they're taking to keep the fight flight at bay. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. It's like you're you're like putting a tiger in a cage and never letting it out. Oh, think about probably, what happens. a really
0: good analogy for that.
1: Think about what happens in zoos. Breaks my heart, right? There's a reason why those animals have skin problems. Mm-hmm. They don't look well. They're not where they should be. They're caged. They can't be their full animal self. And so when we have a lot of freeze on board, we don't realize actually how much energy we're using. And um, this is where people will need uh, nothing against a cup of coffee here and there, but constant need for stimulation, Mm -hmm. constant need for adrenaline. I was an adrenaline junkie when I was a kid in my twenties. I was totally frozen and I, I went as far as paragliding, you know, running off of hills to get my energy because I was so frozen. So, you know, it's a miracle I didn't die doing some of these things that I did. But, so the energy is huge, hugely sucked when we're in freeze, but we don't know it. And eventually what occurs, and I'm being very general here, but the ACE study, the Adverse Mm -hmm. Childhood Experiences study, really shows why when we're in this fight flight freeze if it is not worked with and gotten out of we will get sick this is where chronic illness comes in chronic disease autoimmunity neurodegenerative conditions like ms als even alzheimer's and certain forms of dementia like it's all connected doesn't mean it's the only thing Um, but it's hugely correlated with childhood stress. Um, And then to go back to the sleep piece, some people have trouble sleeping, and that is the system in a sympathetic fight-flight state. They essentially can't settle because they're looking for danger. Even though the person is like, I'm not looking for danger, I'm just laying there. There There is an unconscious part of them that has something in them that is like, it's not the world isn't safe. So any little crack, any little creep, the system is like, what was that? What was that? Is something going to kill me? That's indicative of early trauma, developmental trauma. The flip side, people that go to sleep, and I know some friends like this, like they're sleeping over and you're talking to them, and then all of a sudden they're like snoring. It's like, how did you go to sleep so fast? (laughs) (laughs) And they can sleep through anything that also isn't healthy biologically, because if there was a threat, you mm-hmm. wouldn't know that it was, a tiger was in your face. And so I find those folks, um, and again, generalizing, but from what I've seen, they are living in a very deep freeze, even though they're functional. Um, and sometimes when they wake up, they won't feel rested because yeah. it's like they've gone into a drugged. it's like they've been anesthetized to go to sleep. And when you come out, you're, you're kind of groggy, you're heavy. You haven't been in true rest, digest, repair mode at night. And so these are the two um, very polar opposite things we see when there's dysregulation of the nervous system is can't sleep or I sleep so much and I'm still tired. Yeah.
0: I see there are both a lot. So it's, I'm happy that you mentioned both of those, oh. but it is, it's like, it, it could be so many symptoms because the nervous system affects so many systems in the body, Everything. but I think those are like great examples. I think people will kind of connect with those. I like that you mentioned the social ones too, like yes. avoiding calling a friend or like a family member or something is, you know, I don't think people think of that.
1: No, and I think this actually is one of the things, Amanda, that's missed the most when I hear people talk about the nervous system, at least online, is, you know, I was mentioning that peripheral nervous system, autonomic nervous system. I didn't go into the deeper branches, but one of the key nervous system branches, which is part of our parasympathetic, which is part of our autonomic, is what's called the ventral vagal. So it's part of our humanity. It's what mammals have this ability to connect, to engage, we're meant to be in that most of the time. And the way that the world has become with social isolation and everything's online, it's like we've kind of jumped over this chasm and we're living in a way that doesn't connect with our physiology's needs. And so now with all of this, I mean it's great that you know you're across the continent. I'm on the other side. We can talk wonderful, right? Super cool. Um, but we still need to have physical social contact. Now this doesn't mean intimate. It doesn't have to be a partner, uh, a romantic partner. It's like go to the coffee shop and smile at the barista. You know If you're at the grocery store and you're looking for something, ask someone, you know, like, excuse me, can you help me find, you know, or do you know, rather than going to your phone, okay, what's the ingredient here? Just ask. Like, those are actually ways that I teach my clients who are terrified of deep relationship. It's like, you don't, you don't need to get married. Just talk (laughs) to the guy at the coffee shop, you know, or open a door for someone like there's these little things that we can do. And if you're not used to it, you will feel maybe a little nervousness, but you'll also feel a hit of goodness. That's the oxytocin that comes out when we engage. So a lot of people will say, I'm an introvert, right? It's like maybe sometimes, but humans are meant to have connection. And we're also, because of our higher brain, we're also meant to be contemplative and have time alone and read and create. I mean, that's why we've created great pieces of art is artists will go into their caves literally for years and do things. Um, but we also need that engagement. And we know that because if babies don't have engagement, they die. Yeah. Right.
0: So I I like that. I love that you mentioned that. Cause I think again, like that is like, you talked about doing that with clients. Like that's something that we don't really hear discussed much when it comes to nervous system. It's more like, you know here's some exercises and tips and stuff and like well i think you know maybe sometimes that could be helpful for someone to like dip yeah. their toe in and like yeah. start to experiment um yeah i just it's it's tricky so what do you think when it comes to okay people are interested they're like i'm connecting with this i definitely think i have some dysregulation like who doesn't um yeah. <laughs> what do you think it's important for them to understand if they're like
1: how do i work on this how do i heal this so i kind of have Three things that are most well, maybe four. We'll see the first thing is an interest in yourself so that like precedes all the other ones and the reason why is the work at least that I do that I Put out isn't something where I give you like a list and you just go through it like a daily routine it it requires almost i like to say um you're you're becoming a scholar of your system and some people would argue well Irene if you know we didn't need this back in the day like back in you know the the nomad world or in the the jungle the savanna like we didn't need to know about our nervous system's like you're right we didn't but we also didn't have the modern world we didn't have repression and suppression of our impulses we weren't connected to the natural living. We weren't living in boxes with artificial light. So because we've become so industrialized and domesticated, we need to want to understand. So that's the first piece. Because those that have deep success regulating their nervous systems as adults, and these are people, my students, who never had regulation growing up. They had enough to get by, but they like The stories i've heard of abuse and neglect are awful and yet here they are in their 40s 50s 60s 80s relearning and working with their system and restoring regulation but the reason it works for them amanda is they're dead set on getting better so that's the one thing out of victim mode i can change i want to change so that's first Second is education. So education is so important. The reason why it's so important as a first step is because of the variety of how humans were messed up with their self-regulation. We're not robots. Even if you have three people in the same family system, siblings, they will be brought up differently based on what was going on in the world when they came out, all these things. So It's important to understand deeper what I said, the differences between the sympathetic, the parasympathetic, the vagus nerve, what it does, um, sensations, feelings, behaviors, all these things that come up. If we don't understand what they might be, we might be like, oh my God, I'm anxious. I better take a deep breath. Well, sometimes anxiety is a sign that we actually have to scream (laughs) or emote or take a nap or engage or ask for help and so if we don't have that understanding that anxiety doesn't just mean something that has to be say calmed down and by the way anxiety is essentially fight flight Mm -hmm. it's survival stress that's just bubbling up right is it from an old trauma is it because you saw something you didn't like um there's so many reasons so the reason why i say that as an example, is when we have the education, we can better help ourselves when we aren't feeling well. And a lot of the first, um, we could say, brush of self-help in the nervous system world was just take a deep breath, ground yourself, um, shake it out, like all these things. Now These can all work, but it depends if that's what you need. Yeah. It's like saying to someone, oh, you have a, I mean, I just, like I said, just had this head cold back in the day. What would they do? They'd give you antibiotics. Yeah. Like, no, you don't do antibiotics unless it's a true infection. This is not an infection. It is just a, right? Those sorts of things. So that would be second. So the first thing is the desire. Second is education. And of course, that's what we do in my courses, deep, deep, deep education. Mm -hmm. And then the third would be growing capacity growing nervous system capacity which doesn't sound very sexy but what that means is you're you're building up your ability to be with three things one your internal body's experience sensations feelings pain Mm -hmm. discomfort the second not that these are in order of importance i'm just having to see them this way. The second would be connecting with the environment. So you would have learned in the 21-day course, Mm -hmm. orienting. Can you actually see the world around you? Can you see the trees? Can you see the sky? Can you see your plant? Can you see whatever? Can you be engaged with the world? Because we need to be engaged with the world to see it for goodness, but also danger. So internal, external, and then the piece de resistance would be putting them together. And what's interesting is you'll have people whom, again, just generalizing, mm-hmm. who have done 20 years of meditation, breath work for God only knows how many years. They've done therapy. And you ask them to sense maybe their breath, don't change it, while feeling their feet, while seeing the world and just being in that symbiosis and they can't do it cuz they've only been trained to do one thing or one thing and to be healthy in the world that is active around us we have to be able to do all of it at the same time that is what in flow would be that's what a child would be like playing mm-hmm. right they're in flow they're in their bodies they're feeling they're crawling they're climbing same with animals so That would be like the first few things. And then from there, there's just so many different levels that a person might work with, depending on, let's say the kinds of traumas that they're living with and wanting to work with. Um, But you'd be surprised um, how much shifts when we grow capacity. Um, And then the other that I'll add as a bonus, I guess is following your impulse. So if we go back to that baby, They aren't wondering at the very beginning, I wonder if I should cry. I wonder if I should, you know, reach out. I wonder if I should do this. They just follow their impulse, just like animals follow their impulse. And so for me, following impulse is following what our biological needs are. So if you are thirsty, drink water. If you need to go to the bathroom. Like you would not be, you'd be amazed, Amanda, maybe, maybe not how many people (laughs) confess to the fact that they, they will hold their bladder for hours if they have to get work done. And there's a toilet just down the, like just down the hallway.
0: Or if they're doing something for someone else, like I work with so many women, moms, it's like... it's, it's like a natural instinct where they just wait. They, they just don't like when you ask what they need, they're like, I don't know what I need. You know, that would be really hard for them.
1: Yeah. And that, so if you think about that from a real basic perspective, you've got this bladder, we'll keep it really simple. It's harder to hold in bowel movements. Like when Mm -hmm. those come, like you can suppress it for a bit, but then it's like, if you have food poisoning, you can't keep that stuff in, right? It comes out. But if you think about it if you are denying those res- pressure receptors in your bladder that is saying to your brain and your system must urinate and you deny it they start to they start set to stop sending the signals and it also distends the bladder to the point where it's not healthy
0: yeah.
1: right and so what is interesting is when we start to just even listen to those basic things again seems crazy but that is your autonomic nervous system that you're helping. Hmm. And so if by helping these natural processes of elimination, thirst, temperature regulation, fatigue, energy, I feel energy, will then move. Don't try to breathe it away, yeah. right? You are, in a sense, reverse engineering and saying to that autonomic nervous system, I'm listening to you, I'm taking care of you. And then that sends signals to the central nervous system that helps it shift and calm down but just like that tiger in the cage, you know, like it's trying to get out, it's like it's just going to keep building pressure if it cannot get out. Um so following impulse at that biological level is super important. And something um, that
0: people could literally do right now, you know, like starting yes. today. I love that. Yeah. That's that's a really good one. Yeah. Um yeah. we're going to wrap with well, um, we'll talk about like what if people, I'm sure people are like interested, like, okay, I want to, where can I get started with this? It can sound mm-hmm. overwhelming, but I'm telling you, if you take yeah. the education part slow yeah, and it's it's not complex, like you, know, it, you learn it and then you just, you apply it to yourself and you just, yeah. it don't, you're the only one that matters, right? So you're only paying attention to yourself. So yeah. it's it's not scary. I, I don't, and I think that part is super important because again, if you want it to work, you can't just do what someone else is doing because it works for them because it might not no. work for you. Um, but something that, because what I think of when I think of the nervous system stuff online is like people trying like, like constantly calming themselves down, right? Like putting this emphasis on like, like, Oh I, yes, I do this throughout the day. And I have a lot of clients that will say like, that they're kind of constantly like checking in with themselves throughout the day. Like they have good, like coping skills. And I'm like, but if you're constantly having to do this, it, it yeah. probably means that you're actually super stressed. There's something there. So why, why is that? Like, can you talk more about what it means if we're constantly having to calm ourselves with like whatever technique or practice? Yeah.
1: That that essentially means we're dysregulated. Yeah. So imagine if you have your baby and you never ever, they never um, become self regulated. I mean, it, it's a real basic way of looking at it, but that would mean you would always have an infant that's constantly needing soothing. So there's a point in time when a human is alive where they need that co regulation to learn self regulation. So as an adult, if we keep needing management strategies, if we keep needing resources, now there's nothing wrong with having a strategy or a resource, nothing wrong, mm-hmm. right? Maybe you have a, a, an extra stressful thing and like, oh, I really need that blanket that I love, or I really need to do some tapping, or I really need to <sighs> calm my breath. Fine. I always say to people, if you need a management strategy so you don't hit your kids, then breathe. Breathe right like do the things so that you stay sane and you don't hurt yourself or other people but let's say we take it one step further and this person knows they need to carry around a purse with like all their oils all their stones all their crystals juice boxes and all the things to soothe themselves that's not regulation that's not that's not regulating yourself that's management So what's happening there is the system is not able to self-regulate without a resource, without co-regulating with something external. And so again, it's as simple as saying that's dysregulation still.
0: Yeah. And
1: a lot of folks think that they're regulating by calming down with a resource, but it's just calming down. It's not regulating. Yeah. And so... It's a a tricky one to kind of grasp because it's like, well, I feel better. It's like, yes, and that's good. And you've just allowed your system to come out of a bit of an activation. But you are, if I use the fancy word, window of tolerance, which you mentioned in our pre-questions, of many people, their window of tolerance is like, it is not a window. Mm -hmm. It's like a line and they only have the tiniest bit of capacity. And then when they're not in that perfect controlled situation, um, they're out of their window of tolerance. We would call it a false window of tolerance. And many people, I was one of these people, I was living in a false window of tolerance in extremes (laughs) flying off of Hills or crashing. Right. And so, what we want to do and it's very hard at the beginning it's almost like ripping a band-aid off when someone has had lots of coping strategies it's like okay the next time you feel we'll use the word anxiety which is fight mm-hmm. flight rather than <sighs> calming through breath what would it be like to just get up and walk and look so match that physiology of activation maybe you do a little move maybe you'll do a little dance um and then pause and then orient and see if it can come down naturally Mm. because what's often occurring with say anxiety is the system is actually looking and again this isn't always the case but generally speaking it's looking for an exit it's looking to get that fight flight out and if we comment it's just it just might not work um true story if we have time for it i was recently away and um i was trying to listen to something on my phone and i had just eaten some greasy prawns and so (laughs) so funny and so I'm like putting, trying to increase the volume and my phone slipped out of my hand. It flew in the air and it fell on the stone. We were in this tiny little village in Croatia, people around us, outdoor seating and it slammed onto the ground. And it was so loud that the woman behind me and myself included, we both startled. Like <laughs> it was, and, and everybody was like, oh, and it was like a gunshot. I'm like, I'm oh so my sorry. God. and, um, And the phone was fine, but it it spiked me. It actually put me into a bit of a a sympathetic, which isn't like me because I'm no longer in freeze. If that had happened Mm -hmm. five years ago, I'd be like, whatever, sorry, okay, whatever, no problems. But because I'm a little more raw right now, because I'm not in freeze, my heart just had a heyday with that. Mm. To the point where even towards the end of our dinner, I was feeling like I was maybe going to pass out because my heart was still racing, so, I'm, um, you know, and it's funny how I should have known better. So, we're walking, we went and sat on a stoop, my husband and I, like, okay, I think I feel better. And we started to walk. We wanted to get to the top of this cathedral to see the view. Like, and I'm fairly fit. I'm like, I don't know if I can, like, I was walking 10 steps and my heart was just mm-hmm. going nuts. So, we got to another spot, another alley. My husband's sitting in front or standing in front of me. And I looked at him and I was just, I was like, ah, and I just pushed him. There's all this anger. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was from, but I felt I could, I felt it. So this is where being able to track your body is important. So I tracked this and I was like, ah, and he's like, oh, you don't need to calm down. You need to get mad. So I pushed him. And then he gave me his arm. There's a technique that we use where you can squeeze a forearm mm-hmm. and you can actually squeeze your forearm really strong without hurting it. Very different from the upper arm. Mm-hmm. So he just gave me his arm and I literally I almost pushed him over. <laughs> there was so much anger in me. It was probably something old. Yeah. And I I just squeezed the heck out of his arm. I let, let out a bit of a, a, a sound. I don't even know what it was. And I stood there like, oh, my heart's fine. Walked up, the, walked, up, walked up the hill, no problem. So I share that story because I startled myself. I went into activation. I was a little embarrassed. The poor woman behind me was totally startled. I was in an activation and I needed to actually push that activation higher. I was trying to calm it down and it didn't yeah. want that. The, the, the tiger wanted out of the cage. If someone doesn't understand that, or if they don't have a partner that is okay with me pushing the shit out of my guy, <laughs> there's a problem, right? But what occurred is, again, it just was like, oh my God, I should have known better. But when you're in the moment, you don't necessarily always think, but it only took about 10 minutes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Ooh, there's some, there's some heat in here. I better get it out. And then it allowed my heart to come down. So that's an example um, of where education and having some tools and knowing Mm -hmm. what to do and knowing how to track your system is super important. And most people would have felt that and they would have kept calming and calming and then Mm -hmm. their whole vacation would have been screwed
0: yeah and and the just it could also be like really
1: scary like someone might think do i have like
0: a health issue you know like my heart yes. rate won't
1: come down you know well th- and this is what happens amanda mm-hmm. people i mean are there true heart abnormalities of course um but my hunch and this is anecdotal is a lot a lot of the situations where people go to say the hospital with heart palpitations And I've asked doctors who are like, usually it's just anxiety. It's like, well, okay, but the system is not feeling safe, but what do they often do? They get given a a drug
0: Mm -hmm.
1: to regulate the heart, but that underlying tiger isn't getting out. And so what occurs, the tiger goes somewhere else, goes to the digestion, it goes to the hormones, it goes to the skin, it goes to the brain. And, and then we just get a little more off and a little more off. And so there is something powerful about being able to really understand these things at this complex level. It takes some time. That's the other thing I'll say. This isn't a quick fix. Yeah. You can't learn this in two months, just like you can't raise a human baby in two months. Yeah. Imagine if you only held your baby once an hour, uh, an hour a day. That's it.
0: Oh. <laughs> it wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I still hold her so much and she's like, 16 months.
1: Uh, Yeah. yeah. And and you don't stop at five years. You have to keep going. But this is the thing is people don't realize if we didn't have that initial regulation growing up, we do need to take some time Mm -hmm. to rewire this as adults. But the good news is once that foundation and capacity is built, just like raising a kid in a healthy way, they have no trouble thriving. They yeah. then know how to do things. But if you don't get it at the beginning, it, it does become problematic later on.
0: Yeah. and I, And I think that's like, it kind of goes back to the beginning when we're talking about different types of trauma. And sometimes we don't know that we have that trauma until yeah. we're older and we're learning, yeah. you know, especially like, I feel like when you become a parent, you're like, yes. Oh, okay. I definitely want to do things differently. And it's not that, yeah. you know, maybe your parents are bad people. They didn't do anything wrong, no. but it's like, they didn't, know. They, they didn't know. And so it, it does like, I feel like that always I brings up a lot for people. Um, yeah. but okay. We're going to wrap this because thank you so much. We're going to go answer some Patreon questions The best place to get started from here is your field guide, correct? Is field guide to your nervous system?
1: I think so. We created that recently because um, now that there's like almost 500 YouTube videos, it can be overwhelming for people to be like, where do I start? So that has condensed it into a few pages Cool. on a PDF, Um, education, um, links. So if a person can work through that, that is one way to start.
0: Okay. And I'm going to link that in the show notes. I'm still going to link to like your YouTube, which is amazing. That's how I originally found you, your website, Instagram. Um, and yeah, you have your 21 day nervous system tune up course. I've been through that. It's great. It's a great way to yeah. place to get started as yeah. well. I think if people are ready, cause you really do get a lot of the education and like put things yeah. into practice there. Um, and yeah. then you have your smart body, smart mind smart program that will be coming up. Right. Like so, I think right I, after this episode airs.
1: Okay. Yes. Yeah, so the registration is September 12th to the 19th. Yeah.
0: So it will it should actually might be exactly when this one comes yeah. out or like a week later. So we'll make yeah, sure. And we'll, we'll be that doing a
1: lot of live like Q&A stuff that week. So okay. if someone is listening to this, like when this comes out, mm-hmm. if it's the same time, there'll be lots to watch live. And learn about that.
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. What an episode. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Irene. I do continue the conversation inside Patreon. We had a bunch of people submit Q and A questions. So if you want to listen to that Q and A with her, you can join Patreon. It's at, even at the $10 tier, you can get it. You don't have to necessarily do the exclusive one. It was just the bonus episode for that week. Uh, We get into a lot of really cool topics. We talk about uh, specifically like different tools and like Kind of where to get started with healing your nervous system. She has a ton of free resources. So she kind of walked through, kind of someone asked a specific question around like if they feel like they're stuck in the freeze response, like where should they maybe start with some of the free tools? Um, so that was a really good one. We also got into HRV and how that kind of reflects the nervous system. And we talked about releasing stored trauma. Um, Some of the signs of this, which I thought was incredibly interesting because, you know, you see on social media, it's like, if you watch any like videos of it, it's usually like some big, you know, event that's happening. And Irene kind of talks about like different ways that your body can do that. Um, And then we talked about, EMDR therapy, um, what to do if you feel like you're stuck in fight or flight, so many things. So definitely go check out the Q&A inside Patreon. If you want to, please make sure you follow Irene. I have her YouTube linked. Her YouTube is everything. That's how, that's how I originally found her. Um, I'm also going to link her website. That has all her courses on there. The 21 Day Nervous System Reset a good one to start with. Uh, and then her Instagram. Of course, she's very active on there as well. So I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Go show Irene some love. Thank her for being on. Let her know what you liked about this podcast. Let me know. Tag me in your stories if you're listening to it. And I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Are You Menstrual podcast. If you want to support my work, please leave a review and let me know how you like the episode. This lets me know like what you guys want more of, less of. I read every single one and I appreciate them more than you know. If you want to keep learning, you can get access to the bonus episode and additional resources on patreon.com forward slash hormone healing RD. I'd love to have you in there. Thanks again. And I will see you in the next episode.